Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Great Tribulation as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 24, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. When the long night took, or when the long afternoon took place, it said that God began to throw rocks at their enemy and more were destroyed by the rocks. And he believes that this were the debris from the tail of this comet Venus that just pelted the enemies of Joshua. Of course, that's man trying to look at it from a natural standpoint and explain things from a natural standpoint because it it would be uh, sort of difficult to explain why the rocks only hit the enemy instead of Joshua's troops too, you see. So, but it, it is interesting, fascinating. I enjoyed reading it. It's a lot of original type of thinking, and I just like uh, original thinking. So the Lord speaks here about he's going to turn the world upside down. Scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Vilikoski believes that it caused a polar shift at that time. And that it's going to happen again. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, and with the servant, so with the masters, with the maids, so with their mistress, and with the buyer, so with the seller, with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, as him who gives usury to him. The land shall be utterly empty. In other words, it's going to come on everybody. Nobody's going to escape it. Rich and poor are going to be affected alike. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. And, of course, this will take place during this great tribulation period where not only will men through wars be devastating the earth, But there will also be corresponding cataclysmic events being sent from God that are just going to devastate the planet Earth. Be no time to be here, I'll tell you. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth is also defiled under the inhabitants thereof because... They have transgressed the laws. They have changed the ordinance. They've broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. Very few will actually make it through the entire Great Tribulation period. Very few will come out on the other side. The new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth, and all the merry-hearted do sigh. The mirth of the tabret ceases, and the noise of them that rejoice ends, and the joy of the harp ceases. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. The city of confusion is broken down, and every house is shut up that no man may come in. There is crying for wine in the streets. All joy is dark, and the mirth of the land is gone, and the city is left desolate, and the gate is smitten with destruction. 
And when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree and the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. And they shall lift up their voice and they shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Wherefore glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even in the name of the Lord God of Israel in the coast of the sea. From the uttermost part of the earth, have we heard songs, even glory to the righteous? But I said, my leanness, my leanness, woe unto me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Yea, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. For fear and the pit and the snare are upon thee, O inhabitant of the earth. Fear, the pit, and the snare. Now we are told that the Antichrist, the beast that thou sawest, who was and is not, shall ascend out of the pit, out of the abuso. So it's talking about the time during the reign of the Antichrist, a reign of tyranny and fear. And Jesus speaks about the days of the great tribulation as being a snare. Jesus said that, that you should beware of uh, gluttony, of drunkenness, and the cares of this world. For they shall be a snare, as a snare upon the inhabitants of the earth in that time. So uh, the great tribulation period. It shall come to pass that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall in the pit. And he that comes out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows from on high are open and the foundations of the earth do shake. It's going to be a tremendous, cataclysmic, wild time upon the earth. God says, I'm going to just shake the foundations of the earth. This isn't a localized quake. This is something that's going to hit the whole earth. What we see is kids play, just a little move on the St. Andrew's fault line that uh, shakes us up here along the coast. God's going to shake the foundations of the world. Now, it speaks about the foundations of the world being shaken one at a time, and that was the time of Noah's flood. And really, a part of the great uh, devastation from Noah's flood was from the shaking of the foundations of the world. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage or a summer house. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and it shall fall and not rise again. So God is going to shake the earth. It'll reel to and fro like a drunkard, be removed like a cottage. Now, those physicists who talk about the polar axis shift, say that before the earth goes into the polar axis shift, that it goes into a wobble, much like a top. You spin a top, and as long as the momentum is going, it stands up straight. But as the momentum begins to slow down, then the top begins to wobble. And as the momentum continues to uh, slow down, it begins to go into a violent wobble, and then what happens? The top flips over. So they say the earth is like a top spinning, but that 
as the earth's rotation seems to slow down that it goes into a wobble state and then it flips on its axis and you have a polar axis shift well it has been interesting they have been measuring the earth wobble lately and of course it moves in cycles every seven years it comes to its peak and then it seems to sort of straighten up again and then it begins to increase and increase and increase and but the wobble of the earth is is increasing more all the time now here's isaiah knowing nothing about earth wobbles knowing nothing about polar axis shift or anything else talks about it, and he says and the earth is going to be moving to and fro like a drunken man and then it's going to be moved out of its place so it, it would appear that there is going to be tremendous cataclysmic changes that are going to transpire upon the earth. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones. Now, who is he referring to here? The host of the high ones, that is when God brings into judgment the angelic forces of evil. You see, when Jesus comes again, in that day, the Lord will punish the host of the high ones. When Jesus comes again, the Antichrist and the false prophet will be cast into Gehenna. Satan will be bound with a great chain and cast into the Abuso and those that follow with him so that God is going to judge these spirit entities that, as Paul the Apostle said in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual entities in high places. So in that day the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and also the kings that are upon the earth, the twofold judgment of the spirit beings, those demonic forces, also the evil men. A day of judgment, day of wrath. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. Now you remember the demon said to Jesus, hey, don't throw us into the pit before our time. They, they were pleading with Jesus that he wouldn't throw them into the pit. They know that their time is coming when they are to be cast into the abuso with Satan. Satan is bound with a great chain, thrown into the pit. Uh, and so they will be gathered as prisoners and be put in the abuso, in the pit. They shall, shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days, they shall be visited. After a thousand years, Satan will be released for a short period. And then he and his followers will be cast into Gehenna, uh, a place of outer darkness, a place that is out beyond the furthest galaxy, out into space, into the darkness, beyond the light of any galaxy. Outer darkness, where there is weeping and wailing. The moon shall be confounded. The sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. But, O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old 
are faithfulness and truth. In other words, God, I'm going to worship you and praise you. These are things that you have determined long ago, but they are faithful, they're true. Jesus said, I am faithful and true witness. Jesus confirmed these things are going to come to pass. He that is faithful and true saith. And Jesus, saying much of these same things as Isaiah, declares himself as the faithful and true witness, declaring these very things. God said to Daniel, seal up the prophecy, for it is sure. It shall surely happen. And so here is Isaiah praising God for his faithfulness. Here is, him, here is Isaiah praising God for his name and for the wonderful things that he has counseled of old that he shall bring to pass. For thou hast made of a city a heap, a defense city a ruin, the palace of strangers to be no city, it shall never be built. Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee. The city of the awesome nations will fear thee. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. God has been and is always a strength to the poor. He is a strength to the needy. He is a refuge from the storm. Oh, how many times have we sought and found refuge in him from the storms? He is a shadow from the heat. He is praising the Lord for being the refuge and the shadow from the heat and the blast from the awesome ones. Now, this could very definitely be a reference to the things that will be taking place at the Great Tribulation and how that God will be the refuge to his children. Come ye apart, my children, for a while until the indignation be overpassed. I cannot believe, I do not believe that the church will be here when this horrible devastation that Isaiah speaks about takes place upon the earth. I do not believe that. I am so deeply convicted of the fact that the Lord has better plans for me. Jesus said, pray always that you'll be accounted worthy to escape all of these things that are coming to pass upon the earth and to be standing before the Son of Man. He will be a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. Thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers as the heat in a dry place, even the heat with the shadow of a cloud, and the branch of the awesome ones shall be brought low. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees well refined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. And he will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all the faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth. For the Lord had spoken it. Now, if I just had read you that scripture, and we weren't going along in Isaiah, and I said, where is this scripture found? And he will swallow up death in victory. 
You say, well, isn't that in Corinthians someplace? 1 Corinthians 15, you know. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? You see, Jesus has triumphed over death, hell and the grave. And in speaking of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which brings to us the hope of our resurrection, for Paul said, now is Christ raised from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who rise from the dead. But some of you will say, how are the dead raised and with what body will they come? Don't you realize that when you plant a seed into the ground, it doesn't come forth into new life until it first of all dies. And then the body that comes out of the ground isn't the body that you planted because all you planted was a bare grain by chance, wheat or some other grain, and God gives to it a body as pleases him, so is the resurrection from the dead. You are planted in weakness, but you're raised in power. You're planted in corruption, you're raised in incorruption. You're sown in dishonor, you're raised in glory. You're planted as a natural body, you're raised as a spiritual body, for there's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. And even as you've borne the image of the earth and have been earthy, so shall you bear the image of the heavenly. And of course, the glory of the terrestrial is one, the glory of the celestial is another. And, and he goes on and speaks about these things. And then he said, but behold, I'm going to show you a mystery. We're not going to all sleep, but we're all going to have a metamorphosis, a change of body in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump of God shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed and then shall be brought to pass the saying, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death was sin, but it has been removed through Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this glorious Easter proclamation, it all hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has brought to us this glorious hope. And in that day, the death will no longer be victorious. It'll be swallowed up. It was swallowed up in victory in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Lord will wipe away all tears. Now, if I read to you that scripture, you say, well, that's in Revelation, is it? Yeah. Seventh chapter, and God shall wipe away all tears. And then Revelation chapter 22 again, and God shall wipe away all tears. The glorious day of the kingdom. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. I like that. God's spoken it. If God spoke it, then you know it's going to be. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. You've been waiting for the Lord? Going to come. Surely he will come, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest, and Moab shall be trodden down under him, even as straw is trodden down for the dunghill. And he shall spread forth his hands in the midst of them, as he that swimmeth spreads forth his hands to swim. And he shall bring down their pride together with the spoils of their hands, and the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground, even to the dust. So 
the devastation of chapter 24, the great tribulation, and then the glorious triumphs of the kingdom age in chapter 25, and then God's restoration of his work on Israel in chapter 26. It's unfortunate that they've made chapters distinctions because these things all flow together, and really we should go on and take chapter 26, but we're not going to. But we hope that you can remember the sequence that we have here. The great tribulation, the beginning of the kingdom age, the Lord's victory and glory, and then God's glorious dealing with his people Israel. And it's always exciting. God is faithful to his promises. And as we get into chapter 26 and all, we've got God's glorious work in restoration of his people. As, as the prophets have all foretold, when once again God begins to work in their midst. I love the Bible because you know that it's true. You know that what God has said, he has done. And if he has done what he said, you know that he will also do what he said he is going to do. You can read it with such confidence, such assurance, knowing that it shall indeed be. Heaven and earth, Jesus said, will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The sureness of the word of God. And so you can read it and you can, you can, make, you can map out your life by the word of God and always be on safe ground. God's word cannot fail. God's word will not fail. You can bank on it. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Isaiah 24 through 25 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. And may the Lord work in your life this week in a special way, bringing forth victory out of seeming defeat, revealing that way when there seems to be no way. And may you experience God's hand upon your life as he trains, as he teaches, as he develops his work of love and grace within your life, as he prepares you for the future. 
and for those things that he wants you to possess of his grace and of his glory. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. This Christmas, why not give the gift of God's Word by choosing the Word for Today Bible, featuring Chuck Smith's notes highlighting a simple understanding of the Scriptures. This Bible includes an exhaustive concordance, cross-references, in-text and color maps, words of Christ in red, and Chuck Smith's commentary notes, including Hebrew and Greek word origins. And in the Word for Today Bible softcover edition, we've included Chuck Smith's book, How Can a Man Be Born Again, which is very informative for a new believer. It's our prayer that as your loved ones read the Word for Today Bible, Chuck's commentaries will give a simple understanding into the scriptures, causing God's Word to come to life in their heart, not only drawing them into a closer relationship with the Lord, but stirring them to passionately serve God. For more information, please call the Word for Today at 800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org to read a preview.